Well, good morning, Spirit of Prophecy Church. So happy to have all of you here. Uh, for those of you that are here in person and also those that are watching online, uh, this is a very important message to bring. I hope that we can keep it up on the site. I just, I don't know, because I've got to expose some names and that's why I'm, I don't know. We'll just see. But, um, you know, we don't need anything coming against us. We've got enough stuff coming against us, right? We won't anymore. We won't. But anyway, point is, this is an important message that I don't need Christians to know. Uh, what happened? <laughs> there we go. All right, so the, the title of my talk is, When Did the Gospel Become Not Good Enough? Or When Did the Holy Spirit Not Become Good Enough? Right? We have to have Shekinah. We have to have Kundalini. We have to have uh, calling on the angels, angels, angels. We have to have portals. Uh, you know, the gospel and the message of Jesus Christ is just not good enough anymore. It is good enough, but that's, but that's not the message that they're delivering as Christians out there. That I'm talking about leadership in leadership positions around the globe because many of the ministers that start here in, in the United States then they take it around the globe and they're releasing this mysticism they're releasing all this false doctrine the false, the false teachings and it really I have to tell you I come with a very very sorrowful heart this morning I do I have cried for in front of Stan I'm so upset I was so upset that I even had to bring this message I don't want to be the one that has to bring air in the church messages I really don't but I will deliver it because I know that God has anointed me to do so. I've done the research. You can watch and see for yourself. I have a lot of videos that we'll see, uh, even more next week. So we'll have some more that you want to watch. And they're going to speak for themselves. You'll see. You'll see. And then you can stop following these false teachers, these false prophets out there. But unfortunately, this is what happened, is that the gospel became not good enough. You know, Jesus' sacrificial death for our sins was not good enough anymore. They have to make it, uh, the church be uh, where it's like a show every time. Broadway show that comes in. Can you turn the fan down, one of those? I'm not sure which one. The promise of eternal life in heaven <laughs> became not good enough anymore. However, there's not a perfect church. I know that. I know that I'm not perfect. I know Stan's not perfect. I know that our messages can't be perfect because we're not perfect. There's only one that's perfect, that's Jesus Christ. However, I am a truth seeker. And those that are really truth seekers, you will find truth if you really want the truth. Don't just say, yeah, I want the truth, and then you tell them the truth, and they're like, mm, no, I don't want to hear it. You know, or they'll, they'll get mad because you tell them truth. Right? So that's what's happening. But in John 8, 32, says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall what? Make you free. It'll make you do it. Uh, John eight thirty six. If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. And that's what I want. I want to be free. And I hope all of you that are here today, you want to be free also and that you've come to hear truth because I will do my best to deliver truth to you. I'll expose the lies of the enemy. I'll expose the lies of some of these false teachers, false prophets out there. And uh, I'm going to try my best not to say their name, because, but you'll see them on the video clips. You'll see some of the, you'll know them by their pictures sometimes. My point is, because I, I'd love to go ahead and say their name, but I'm trying not to. You understand? Hopefully you understand why, but you'll see for yourself. But again, it comes with a sorrowful heart. And the Lord says that we're supposed to depart from evil and to do good and seek peace and pursue it. 
And then it says in Psalms 34, 15, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto the cry. Are you called to be a righteous person before the Lord? We are. We are called to be righteous. None of us are righteous as enough, right? We're not. We're not perfect enough, but we are supposed to strive for that, supposed to strive to be holy, strive to be righteous before God, and he will help and open his ears to our cry. Praise the Lord. He will open his ears to our cry. And then 34, 16 says, The face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. I don't want to be found in that category. And I pray that Christians that are watching this around the globe, they're going to say, I don't want to have that either. You know, we even went to Honduras in, um, in May, and we even saw that where some of the remnants of some of these false prophets and teachers have been there, and these people have picked it up as if it's gospel, as if it's God. I, you know, I, we went to Pakistan, saw the same thing. I mean, so we, if we see it in these other countries like we saw, you know it's here in America even more so. And we have those that are following, they're getting, you know, that the, they're giving the false doctrines, they're getting, the, they're filled up in the flesh to go, oh, I can just walk in the church and you just feel the Lord. I mean, it's not about emotion, people. Jesus is not about emotional feeling. He is our God. He's our Savior. He's our King. He's who we believe in. We don't have a mystical experience with him. If you're having those kinds of sensations when you walk into the church, oh, the music just puts me in a trance. It's so awesome. No, it's not. Those are the churches you have to run out of. Okay? So, I mean, you, could, you should be able to have a relationship with the Lord in your living room. You should be able to have a relationship with your Lord in your tub. You should be able to have a relationship with your Lord in your car. All right? I mean, there's a personal relationship. It's not about a feeling. Uh, even like the, uh, even baptism of the Holy Spirit. It, now, sometimes you might start crying, but it's not an emotional experience. That's not what it is. I mean, he then starts working on you, <laughs> and stuff starts coming out, and you start repenting and saying, Lord, thank you for reminding me of that. Please forgive me. That becomes... You know, that's intimacy with the Lord. But the, 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 the initial, when you're getting the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's not, you're not waiting upon a feeling to happen. It's, it's saying, I receive it. All right. In Psalms 34, 17, says, The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and deliver them from out of all their troubles. That's where I want to be. And I know that you watching online, and those of you here, that's what you want. The Lord is nigh to them that are of a broken heart, and save as such as, a, as be of a contrite spirit. In other words, do you have a contract spirit? Are you so sorrowful for things that are going on in this earth? Because it can't just be me. can't just be me. We have to say, Lord, I have, I'm coming with you, a contrite, humble spirit. I'm coming before you and saying, Lord, forgive us. Forgive them. Forgive us. I'm coming with you with a sorrowful heart because I don't like to see what's going on. Because we have to be a voice. We're supposed to be the Lord's voice. We're supposed to turn people back to righteousness. Stop the sin. Stop the nonsense. And a lot of this, if you'll just have common sense, <laughs> that's all you need. Just common sense. Right? You don't even have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You just need to have some common sense. But you are the one that needs to come with a broken heart, not just Leslie here. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivered them out of them all. He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. Praise the Lord. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. In other words, you know, the enemy is going to turn against the enemy. 
We don't need to be part of that enemy. We don't need to be the ones that's going to be desolate. We don't need to be the ones that the Lord leads us. And then in Psalms 34:22 says, The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. Praise the Lord. We have to have that contrite, humble spirit, though. We have to be the ones saying the, having the voice. We have to be the ones that say the truth. And stop, stop, stop the nonsense out there. Stop accepting those people that are saying the lies about the feathers that come down from heaven. Stop, saying, stop just you know, allowing those that are saying the gold dust coming from heaven. And I'm going to talk about that. I don't know if I'll get to it today or next week. But that's actually a fallen angel that's doing that kind of stuff, right? Or they're conjuring it up too, uh, which is part of it. So anyway, so how do we get to this place? See, all of a sudden, the gospel's not good enough. The baptism of the Holy Spirit's not good enough. It's just not good enough because it's, you know, we, we can't get people to come to church. We can't get them saved. It's just become not good enough. I'm telling you the gospel is good enough. I'm telling you that the Holy Spirit is good enough. That's all you need. That's all you need. And then you do the work of the Lord. But there's lies about portals out there right now. There's lies about the open heavens. There's lies about the baptism of fire. There's lies about worshiping angels. There's lies about loved ones praying for you in heaven and waiting for you in heaven. And then they'll say they're an angel now. No. I love my dad, but I guarantee you he wasn't no angel, and he's certainly not one there. No. All right, so this comes, I'm going to watch you watch this, watch this video, but this is it's about these are the people that witness to meet us in heaven. Some people that were led to the Lord by someone else, that in heaven, from heaven, or when that person who led them to the Lord or influenced them to the Lord goes to heaven, that they're, they're, they remember with gratitude yes. how they got there. Is that? Yes, they did. People who were won by certain people on the earth, whether it was at a crusade or just one-on-one -on, -one on the street, if, they won, if they're the ones who won your Jesus, you never forget that person. And they will so grab you and hug you when you get to heaven. And thank you for believing in me. Thank you for taking the time to win me to Jesus Christ. I wouldn't be here if you hadn't done that. So, and they thank you adamantly. Also this, the same thing goes like we said before, that maybe you had, an, maybe you were angry at somebody. Maybe you had a fight. This is a good one. It happens a lot. People ask me, does it? they had a really bad fight and they separated and were angry. And these were friends. And then the person died. This person can spend 20 years suffering uh, from guilt. That person in heaven is not thinking about that happening. They're up there wanting to bless you, wanting to let you know the love they're feeling. They have forgiven everything, even if you never get to hear them say that. They're forgiving you. Don't live your life being messed up because you were angry with them. Uh, I'm telling you, the minute they stepped out of that body filled with the life and the love of God, they forgave that. That's so, so awesome. people always ask me, will they know if I say I'm sorry if they fought? I said, you can say it to them and they'll hear it. But the first thing they'll do when you get to heaven and say, I didn't even think about you it. You know, anymore. that's interesting that you say. There yeah. are places in heaven, though, where people can go and watch your life and really? declare over you, your family members. They're called portals. I've been there several times. It's this beautiful, open, big place inside of this building. And there's stairways going up and a balcony running. And your family member looks down. If they're living in heaven, they look down. They see you as close as the ceiling. And every year on your birthday, they go there and sing happy birthday so to you. So you're saying to them, they're right there. They're right here, yeah. Looking yeah. at you. Because there's no time or space. Now, heaven is way up 
away from here, but when they look down and they want to declare over you, sometimes they'll pray over you, they'll declare. If it's a family member who's not born again, they will always declare. I declare my family member will become born again. They will not miss their destiny. They'll become the living testimony of the saving power of Jesus Christ. So if your grandmother's up there and you're not born again, you might as well give it up. If your mom's <laughs> up there praying, declaring with them, you better really give it That's up really good. because Jesus is going to get you. <laughs> that is so good. I don't know what Jesus, she knows. Uh, you know, and there's, okay. So let's talk about the, uh, the open heavens for just a minute. Okay, so it's been taught that there's, there's several layers. There's like, you know, here we have the earth, and there's the first heaven, second heaven, third heaven. You've heard those kinds of things, right? I uh, heard that the, the, um, the angels and the demons are in the, what, the second heaven, right? So then we go to the third heaven where the throne is. You know, for me, when I have a relationship with the Lord, and when I cry out to Him, and when I'm praying to Him, and when He's fellowshipping with me, I'm communicating. I, I'm not having to be transporter or astro-projected somewhere to go and sit and talk with Him. I mean, they are making it as if Jesus is the pie in the sky, and that he, whatever you want, they'll just go to the throne They'll ask for it, and they'll pull it down. And guess what? It's working for them, these lies. It's working for them. They are, they are conjuring. They're conjuring evil spirits. They're conjuring Satan. They're conjuring even false healings for you, believing it's the Lord. It's very, very dangerous place to be. I mean, for, you know, the, the witch doctor for a moment can heal. But God warns us, you don't go there. He warns us for a good reason. Now, let's talk about the abominable practices. In Deuteronomy 18.9 says, When thou art coming to the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, here in America or wherever Christian is, right? Thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or that uses divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer, for all that do these things are what? An abomination unto the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. For these nations without shall possess hearken unto observers of times and unto diviners. But as for thee, the Lord thy God hath not suffered thee to do so. So what is an abomination? This is something that is, is abhorrence to God. Some kind of idolatry, an idol, anything that's worshiping anything other than him. Uh, anything greatly disliked, abhorred, intense aversion or loathing. God detests these things. And he tells his people, don't go after these things. These are Satan's times. This is what Satan does. This is me. I'm the God, the creator of the universe, and this is who you will follow. Jesus came to save you from your sins and do not fall into the trap. Uh, a vile, shameful, or detestable action, condition, or habit. Now, God, about, let's talk about some of these individually. So, he says, we're not going to make the son or the daughter to pass through the fire. So, God talks about the Israelites having their sons and daughters pass through the fire, 
Was this just some kind of ceremonial thing? Did it always involve a child sacrifice? Are some churches doing a ceremonial thing? Yeah, you bet. Now, Deuteronomy 18.10 says, There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire. Like Moloch, statue made in bronze, in which a fire was burned and children were thrown onto, it is the demon worship of the root of Nimrod. Now, there's, there's ceremonies now that Christians are doing in the church. They are doing these kinds of things. They're conjuring up evil spirits. They're conjuring up the, the kundalini. They're conjuring up the shekinah, the lies out there, and other fallen angels that are causing people to believe and they're going to go into damnation, not to the heavens, not to where Jesus is, okay? They're not going to have eternal life because they're believing a lie. They're believing to, so much that eventually they're going to think that they're a God themselves. That's the goal of Satan. This is at a church in Bethel, California. Redding, excuse me, Redding, California. Notice Kundalini happening. They're doing a ceremony where they're passing through the fire. Everybody's laying hands on everybody. They're shaking violently. It's not the work of the Holy Spirit. Transferring an evil spirit. This is not the baptism of fire, folks. So let's talk about baptism of fire. First Peter 1, 6 and 7 says, When you greatly rejoice, though now for a season it need be, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than that of, than of gold that perish, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you remember those time, that time, that moment, how cleansed you felt, how awesome it felt, right? You remember those times we longed to go back to that first love? And then as days, little weeks, months go by, you're like, Ugh, I still have all this ugly baggage. I still am a sinful person. So God starts cleansing you, Right? Ever so gently, the Holy Spirit starts cleansing you, getting rid of these things. That's a baptism of fire. He is trying to cleanse you. He's trying to make you as pure, like pure gold. I'm telling you, when I got the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there was probably about six months or so that it was a, I really felt like I was being tried through the fire. And it was, it was kind of painful. It was moments when God was really trying to get me to, to cleanse all the things that were not pleasing to him. And it's not a comfortable situation at all. But it's certainly not what they were just doing and transferring. Like You don't going to let people just lay hands on you, right, and transfer. You don't know what they're transferring you to you. You know, they might as well spit in your face. I mean, it's not a good thing, right? So they're transferring this evil spirit to you. People are shaking violently. They're getting the kundalini. They're getting all this, these fallen angels, uh, all these demonic forces coming against them, also attaching themselves to them. And so they're thinking it's the baptism of fire because they're like, you know, like this. No. When you get the baptism of fire, it is God is gently, but he is, he's getting your attention and he's cleansing you. It's a personal moment. 
right? It's personal moments. Now let's talk about, let's watch this video about the baptism of fire. Many people like Mark Hemans here falsely teach that the promise from Jesus is that we can receive the gift of the Spirit in glory, power, and fire. He's also saying that just by watching, we can receive the baptism of fire. I feel heat all over here, Pastor. Power of God's on you. Lord, baptize her in the Holy Spirit and with fire. This, what you're watching That's now, not baptizing the in the Holy Spirit. That does not that happen. And he's still doing it today, baptizing A people Kundalini. in the Holy Spirit and with fire, changing people's lives. Not only does he kick out the evil spirits of depression, but he gives you a new life, joy, peace, abundant, eternal life. Thank you, Lord. All the promises of God are yours in Christ Jesus. Watch him as their hand shakes fire. That's a demon. That's a demon on him. That's not peace. It's fire in the house today. Does that look like the joy and peace he said they'd received? Not likely. But Mark Heeman isn't the only one that teaches this. Almost everyone in the New Apostolic and Hypercharismatic movement believe this as well. So let's look at what the Bible says the baptism of fire is. We read about the baptism of the Holy Spirit in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But the baptism of fire is only mentioned in Matthew and Luke. Are you disturbed yet? Are you getting a sorrowful heart like me? I, we have got to that place where we humble ourselves before the Lord and say, I don't like this anymore. I need to be a voice. I need to expose this. If nothing else, send them to this video, this live stream. If nothing else, get them there. Why are they doing this? Now, there's difficult trials and hardships of our lives. They're like a fire, right? We don't like to go through those things. But God shows up when we go through those things, doesn't he? He will end up comforting us. The Holy Spirit comes to comfort us. He helps us to go through those trials. Not fun, not fun by any means. He tests the genuineness of gold that burns out any impurities in the metal. The baptism of fire is not enjoyable. The purpose is to sharpen our faith, to accelerate the maturity in Christ. And it does fill out the trial of our faith in, in his removal of impurities. But again, most of the time, that is a personal time with you and the Lord. There's times that when we've been in crusades, it's like, oh my goodness, Lord, you're cleansing me because I can't. I can't go pray for somebody else. I know you're doing a thing. I know you're doing a work on me. It's not real comfortable right now, but do your thing. Do your thing, right? But we can get to where we um, we lose control of the Holy Spirit. We just let the. I mean, it's like the enemy comes in and tries to just draw all kinds of attention. Draws. Uh, you have, if you ever been to a place or a church service or a crusade or something where all of a sudden people are flopping around and they're screaming and all the attention goes to them, not to the message of the Lord. Do you think that that's God watching that person do that? No. That happens in here, we get them out. We take them out, right? We, we get them out to another room, continue on the deliverance, but we don't say, that's the Holy Spirit on them. Wow. That shaking violently and all those kinds of things, that's not a God. Uh, let's talk about divination. The art or practice that seeks to foresee or foretell future events or discover hidden knowledge, usually by the interpretation of omens or by the aid of supernatural powers. 
The practice of attempting to foretell future events or discover hidden knowledge by cult or supernatural means. That's what divination is. Is divination in the church? You bet. A lot. Uh, or an observer of times. This person is one who augurs with what, what is to happen. These are people that foretell, forecast, predict, prophesy. Um, they foresee, also called a harbinger. Uh, one who claims special insight as to the future, like Nostradamus. And that is who it's talking about. I actually read a book called the Egyptians, Mysteries of the Egyptians, Assyrians, and Chaldeans. And the, what Nostradamus did was take a bowl. You see the bowl? He put water into the bowl. He suspended the bowl through the tripod. See the tri tripod off to the right? And he, then he said, and then there was a god that would sit nearby and create images in the bowl that should not be believed in vain, unquote. That is not of God. We do not do that. Now, it, it can be very accurate, right? But God, what does he say? It's an abomination unto me. Everybody say, it's an abomination unto God. If you're going to please God, you don't do these things. You stay far, far away from these things. It's just like, uh, different types of, you know, healing avenues that are out there right now. Acupuncture for one. Don't do it. God warns against us. That's following another God, bowing to another God, allowing them to, the enemy to come in. It's, it's, it's allowing Satan to come in to heal you, to take away the pain. But God says it's from another religion, another God. Doing yoga, you're bowing to another God. Right? It's not just stretching. Don't try to use that on me. We've already handled that one once before, didn't we, Geronda? Um, all right, an enchanter. All right, describe one who practiced magic or divine by signs. It's the paranormal practitioner of magic, which has the ability to obtain objectives using, super, using supernatural or non-rational means. A person who uses magic or sorcery, especially to pull someone or something under a spell. When I've been doing this... Um, Research and the study, that's what a lot of these big names, unfortunately, ministers out there, many of them are big name. that's what they do. They're an enchanter. They're an enchanter, they're using sorcery, they're using magic, and they're doing something to put people in a trance, put them under a spell, believing a lie. Because it's like, feels good to their flesh when they enter that place. A witch, the terms witchcraft, witch derived from the Old English, and you can read that later on. But it's someone who practices sorcery, all right? Uh, more, moreover, different cultures do not share a, a coherent pattern of witchcraft beliefs, which often blend other concepts such as magic, sorcery, religion, folklore, theology, technology, diabolism, which is worshiping devils. Uh, some societies regard a witch as a person with inherent supernatural powers, but in the West, witchcraft has been more commonly believed to be an ordinary person's free choice to learn and practice magic with the help of the supernatural. And by the way, they only put nice spells on you. Can a Christian practice witchcraft? Sure can. 
You can try, you can pray a certain way. You're trying to pray to change somebody. That's witchcraft. You allow God to change them. Yes, the Holy Spirit to draw them in, right, to the kingdom. Depends on how you're praying. You can do that. You're committing witchcraft. All the while, you're thinking you're being a good Christian. Well, y'all are quiet. Look at me. Say something. Smile at me. Do something. That's true. We, unfortunately, we practice witchcraft. We don't even know sometimes. But it's how we're doing our prayers. You see, our prayers go up to the heaven. Right? Our words are very powerful. But what are you doing? Are you manipulating? Are you using witchcraft to do something? Change people? Be careful. I hope I'm putting fear in you. The fear of God in you is what I mean. The fear of God in you. Because this is nothing but shamanism. This is the belief that shamans with a connection to the other world have the power to heal the sick, communicate with spirits, and escort souls of the dead to the afterlife. That's what Christians are getting into. Because all of a sudden, the gospel wasn't good enough. All of a sudden. I don't know. It's been a while for around for a while, but now it's really, it's really accelerating. Uh, Santera. It's the religion merging the worship of Yoruba deities with the respect of Roman Catholic saints practiced in Cuba, spread to the other parts of the Caribbean, and to the U.S. by Cuban immigrants. The practice, their native religion featuring a vast pantheon of deities, another way they worship a lot of like gods and goddesses. Uh, the Yoruba are also frame, famous for their music, defined by one of the most complex drumming cultures in the world. And see, you can go to a church service, you can hear the drums. You can start seeing people getting in a trance, and it's a re repetitive type of a drum over and over and over again. I'll show you some of this on some of the videos, which is supposed to be a Christian setting. Uh, has to do with divination and spiritism, dependent upon trance state where a demon takes possession of the person. Uh, beating drums or dancers moving to the beat, and I mean over and over and over and over and over again, so much that they get in a trance. Again, when we were in Honduras, we saw this. It troubled us. We're going back. We're going to go teach the pastors. Don't do that. And here's why. So support us when we go to Honduras and these other missions. Uh, Wicca. Trance is crucial and gets into the transportation. Usually focuses on an object like a candle and soothing or nature-type music. Remember this, because I'm going to talk about contemplative-type prayer, centering prayer. That soaking prayer, sosa prayer, these are all terms that they're using, these new age occultic type practices. They're teaching the Christians having these prayer rooms where people go and do those kinds of things. Stare into a candle, blank your mind, and put on maybe some kind of, you know, soothing nature type music. Uh, they focus till they get to this trance. They blank their mind. The Lord warns us to not blank our minds. These are just some pictures of the shamanism, Santeria, Wicca. See, the Wiccans, that's what they do. They stare into a candle. But they're doing nice types of spells. <laughs> Whatever. All right, contemplative prayer. Uh, there's, a, this is a, there's this is a book. It's like your God, you know, centering prayer, mysticism, and spirituality. So all of a sudden, the word Christian and mysticism being formed in the same sentence, people don't even blink their eyes anymore. Probably years ago, it was like, what did you just say? Mysticism in the same word with Christian? Get thee behind me, Satan. But now, 
It's mystical. It's mysticism. I'll teach you some mysticism. Come and come and get to a trance-like state. Come, come and be transported to heaven. Come and have the portals opened before you. Come and be astro-projected, levitated. Be, you know, again, even if you don't know the Word of God, even if you don't know the Word of God, I believe if you had common sense, you'd be going, hmm, that doesn't sound right. The little bit I know about Christianity, that doesn't sound right. If you just have a little bit of common sense... What's happened to common sense? They say it's not common anymore. Contemplative prayer guide. These are in these prayer houses, these prayer rooms. Be careful. Wow. I don't know what else to say. I have a lot else to say. Sorry. I really have a lot more to say. Uh, choose a sacred word or a sacred breath as a focus. So they're teaching you how to breathe. They're trying to get you into this trance, right? They want you to, to get a, a sacred word. Whatever that sacred word might be. Sit in silence, comfortably, eyes closed. Now, they'll even teach, sometimes I've heard anyway, in some of these prayer rooms, even like in the, the yoga position, right where they have their eyes partway open and closed. They're even teaching that in these prayer rooms. Okay. So, um, sit in silence, comfortably, eyes closed, settle briefly and silently, introduce the sacred word. So, you're going to blank out your mind to just think about Millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. That's a sacred word, right? But that's what they're doing. They're conjuring. When engaged with your thoughts, return ever so gently to the sacred word. At the end of the prayer period, remain in silence, eyes closed for a couple of minutes. So mysticism has entered the church. And Isaiah 47:10 through 12 says, For thou hast trusted in thy wickedness. Thou hast said, None seeth me. Thy wisdom and thy knowledge it hath perverted thee. And thou hast said in thine heart, I am, and none else beside thee. Therefore shall evil come upon thee. Right? It's going to come upon you because you think that you are all that. <laughs> uh, so, and that, that shall not know from whence it, it riseth, and mischief shall fall upon thee. Thou shalt not be able to put off, and desolation shall come upon thee suddenly, which thou shalt not know. Stand now with thine enchantments and with thy multitude of thy sorceries, wherein thou hast labored from thy youth. If so be, thou shalt be able to profit. If so be, thou mayest prevail. In other words, go ahead and go do that thing, child. Go ahead. Yeah, let's see what happens with you. You do those kinds of abominations before me. Thou art wearied in the multitude of thy counsels. Let now the astrologers, the stargazers, the monthly prognosticators, the psychics, stand up and save thee from these things which thou shalt come upon thee. Go ahead and call upon them. Let's let them save you. Right? Behold, thou shalt be what? As what? Stubble. Do you want to be as stubble? I don't. So we need to be that voice out there. We don't want to be as stubble. The fire shall burn them. They shall not deliver themselves from the power of the flame. There shall not be a coal to warm at, nor fire to sit before it. Thus shall thou be unto thee with whom thou hast labored, even thy merchants from thy youth. They shall wander every one to his quarter. None shall save thee. Wow. Did that put the fear of the Lord in you? Because if it didn't, I can repeat it. An idle mind is the devil's workshop. In Romans 12, 2, says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by what? The renewing of your mind, not the blanking of your mind. 
that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. In 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity. What? Every thought. Every. Everybody say, every thought. Every thought. Every thought to the obedience of Christ. Every thought. We're not supposed to just blank our minds. Right? We're supposed to be constantly renewing our mind to the Lord. The definition of contemplative prayers, that's Christian mysticism. Contemplative prayer or, compt- or contemplation, you can say it different ways, is a form of prayer distinct from vocal prayer. It's a recitation of words and meditation in the strict sense, methodical prayer, a form of mental prayer. Sometimes it can be lengthy meditation, mind and imagination and other faculties are actively employed in an effort to understand our relationship with God. They sit there, they gaze, they say it's a silent love. Uh, this kind of prayer begins with centering prayer, a meditative practice where the practitioner focuses on a word and repeats that word over and over and over and over and over. Guess what happens when you repeat over and over and over? Just like the drums beat. Dum, da, dum, da, dum, da, dum. What happens? You get in a trance, you open up the, 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 the devil coming in. All right? So we, that's a centering prayer. We're supposed to meditate, but it says to meditate on the word day and night. It didn't say blank your mind. It didn't mean to just clear everything out. The person's clear one's mind of outside concerns so that God's voice may be easily heard. After the centering prayer, the practitioner is to sit still, listen for those spirit guides, because that's what it is. It's not from God, but it's the spirit guides, and then feel their presence. It's not God. It's designed focusing on having a mystical experience with God. This happens at these places, people. Uh, this is what happens. Meditation is activity of one spirit by reading. Contemplation is a spontaneous uh, activity of that spirit. In meditation, man's imaginative thinking power exerts some effort. Contemplation then falls to relieve men of all effort. We're not supposed to do that. They say his contemplation is the soul's inward vision and the heart's simple response reposed to God. The Bible instructs us to pray what? With our minds. And 1 Corinthians 14, 15 says, What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit and what? I will pray with what? I will pray with what? Understanding. I will sing with the Spirit and I will sing with the understanding also. So beware of this Christian mythology that's coming out there. They practice what is known as centering and of prayer. It's defined as the practice of relaxing, again, emptying the mind, all these kinds of things. And up here, mystical terms, it's only if you follow their idea of dominionism, now theology, also the new apostolic reformation uh, type out there uh, where they do the, the seven mountains. You know, they're going to bring this. We have to bring Jesus back. It's because of us because we're so wonderful as Christians. I mean, can you not just read? You can, you can hear the news and know that that's not working so well. Right? Um, also, they are only with the, the Jesus, like cherish Jesus and the bridal identity and things like that. Now, this came from a person that started a, the prayer house, IHOP, and this is his words Mystics is a legitimate term. 
I don't want to fight the war, so I'm just saying contempt of prayer, but mean, I mean the mystics. Even here at that place, I say, let's just stay with contemplatives. I don't have time to argue, so I'll call it contemplatives. I don't want to go into the semantics, the debates, so I'll call it the contemplatives. I don't have time to argue, but I need what? The mystics. This is the guy in Kansas City, along with some other false prophets, that have started these things. And they're calling on the mystics. And since that's a big name, while we as Christians are sheep that are following them, thinking, oh, this must be the right thing to do. There are some of the brightest lights in all of history. There has been the brightest lights in all of history for men and women of abandonment in the dark ages. Somewhere we have to say the dark ages <coughs> were the luminaries in the grace of God. They were the Catholic priests. <coughs> er, yeah, Lucifer. <coughs> Everyone in the body of Christ is called to live lives of contemplative prayer. <coughs> Everybody's called to live the contemplative lifestyle. Everyone, everyone, everyone. That's one of the great strongholds we have to overcome. Contemplative prayer, you've got to get over that hurdle. Barnes and Noble's prophesying it. Hurdle one, we've got to understand for everybody. Everybody is called to the fullness, which is contemplative prayer. We're all going to do this thing. No, I'm not. Soaking prayer. Is it biblical? Not at all. Why, it sounds wonderful. Sounds, you know, like something God would want us to do. Soaking prayer uses mystical exercises to receive a spiritual experience with God. It's similar to contemplative prayers. In other words, it's blanking the mind. And guess what they're teaching in school starting this next year? Mindlessness. Yeah. Mindfulness, yeah, which is mindlessness. <laughs> um, so in 1 John five fourteen says, And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us, right? Whether shall I go from my spirit or whether thou shalt flee from thy presence, we know, in other words, that Jesus is already with us. He's already with us. <laughs> we don't have to go to the portal to the throne room of heavenlies. He's already with us, people. Again, common sense. Matthew 28, 20 says, Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you. What? All way, even to the end of the world. Amen. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have, you have of God, and you are not his own, and you are not your own? And then 2 Timothy 1, 4. That good thing which thou committed unto thee, keep, thy, keep by the Holy Ghost, which dwelleth in us. We don't need some kind of physical sensation to know that Jesus is with us. What about sozo prayer? This uh, is from the Greek word. Sozo is mystical in the approach, encouraged by the mediator or the guide to take the person to a mild trance state. This guide takes the person to a different mental or emotional rooms. It is by our faith, not emotions, that we have experience with God. Right? Soaking sozo, contemplative prayer, meditation has the person to enter into trance-like states. Watch this, and then we'll stop for a few minutes. Oh, oh, the Lord is this so is in a prayer room oh. in Kansas City. Just when the awakening broke out, we were made to come here. You were made to come here? Well, not on the Wednesday. We all came because it was our Sabbath, and we were all excited. So we came to see what was going on, and I've never seen anything like this before or even heard about it, and I didn't know that the Lord could work like this. 
Um, I so you never did this kind of thing before? No. Had you ever seen it before? Mm, no. You've never seen this kind of manifestation of the Holy Spirit that you're now experiencing? Mm, yeah. No. You no, you never had? No. <laughs> oh, yeah. <clears throat> and then... Because you haven't stopped shaking since you've been on the platform. Before the platform. She was sitting over there shaking for the last two hours. Yeah. So this is all, like the last two months, this is brand new to you, what the Lord is doing. Yeah, I grew up in a Methodist church, and... Uh, so did I, by the way. I grew up in a Methodist so church. So did I. Mm. By the way, at the, uh, at the International House of Prayer, there's a room where they are perpetually praying 24 hours a day. Again, uh, eschatology involved. Now, you've been mentioning, Dr. MacArthur, the Kundalini uh, part of Hinduism. Andrew Strom happens to be a charismatic, and he put together a very concerned expose on what's going on. This is clip number six about Kundalini. Now this all began with Rodney Howard Brown imparting a new anointing into a bunch of leaders and they spread it around the world. In fact, it spread like wildfire. How do we know that Rodney Howard Brown had a pure anointing? How do we know it wasn't a kundalini spirit from the beginning? Because it seems absolutely identical to it. Now, one of the very clearest signs of a kundalini awakening has always been these kriyas. You see this woman involved in the New Age movement. She's walking along, exhibiting these kriyas happening, involuntary uh, jerking motions. And the staggering thing about it is that we are seeing again and again and again these exact same type of kriyas right through the Toronto movement. This has always been one of the clearest signs of Kundalini that we know of. I know that I have talked about Kundalini and mysticism, and you're saying, Leslie, you already talked on this. So why are you bringing it up again? Because it's all about mysticism. It's all connected. All these ministers, they're all connected. They're all connected with the new apostolic reformation, most of them, or dominionism, which I'll talk about probably next Sunday. All a big part of this, right? They're all a big part of this, and they're doing abominations unto God. And that's what they're setting us up for. They're setting us to believe now that we're going to be able to go to a trance. They're setting us now to believe we can go and open up portals and go to the throne room, pull down whatever we want. Why? Jesus has a sweet tooth. Did you know that? You'll hear that next week. Yeah, Jesus has a sweet tooth. He loves honeycomb. Therefore, also it runs in the family because his cousin had locusts with what? Honey. So therefore he has a sweet tooth. That's why we all have sweet tooths. That's why we all love Krispy Kreme donuts. Well, I think if you want a Krispy Kreme donut when you're in heaven, you just walk by, they'll bake one right up for you. You think I'm joking, but that's what they're teaching. I'll just talk about charmer, then I'll stop for 10 minutes. A charmer is one who dealt, deals in spells, uh, one that's claimed by the means of these spells he could achieve some desired result. The Romans had a species of incantations that consisted in tying knots with threads of different colors, three in number, which were supposed to become a bond to secure an object. Charmers were English practitioners of a specific kind of folk magic, specializing in supernatural healing. That's where they get their answers from these type of things. Lou sent this to me from uh, Cambodia. So let's watch this. 
This Look beautiful young lady here just got filled with the Holy Did Ghost. Did you see that? I'm going to start again. Watch it. This beautiful young lady here just got filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Did you not see it, Stan? Watch the red thread. The rope. Watch the rope. This beautiful young lady here just got filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues and she's crying and laughing because she's so happy and this was a, a talisman charm that she had on her arm and she just cut it off and now we're going to do some renunciations. We're going to wind up and burn this thing and she's set free in Jesus' name. Amen. Hello, her. She don't need this stuff. She's got filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> More you pray in tongues, and I no. A charm, charmer. In other words, there was a demon that she had with her all the time. And that's what she prayed to, called upon to help her with whatever. And now, praise the Lord, while Lou and Suni are in Cambodia, this one's set free. This one is filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. She gets the truth. And the truth will make her free. All right, God bless. We'll return back in about 10 minutes. Chief Justice John Jay, named synonymous with the spirit of our country, founding fathers of the USA. Over 200 years ago, they shook off the chains of tyranny from Great Britain by divine call. Citing 27 biblical violations, they wrote the Declaration of Independence with liberty and justice for all. But something happened since Jefferson called the Bible the cornerstone for American liberty, then put it in our schools as a light. Or since give me liberty or give me death, Patrick Henry said, our country was founded on the gospel of Jesus Christ. We eliminated God from the equation of American life, thus eliminating the reason this nation first began. From beyond the grave, I hear the voices of our founding fathers plead, you need God in America again. Of the 55 men who formed the Constitution, 52 were active members of their church. Founding fathers like Noah Webster, who wrote the first dictionary, could literally quote the Bible chapter and verse. James Madison said, we've staked our future and our ability to follow the Ten Commandments with all our heart. These men believed you couldn't even call yourself an American if you subvert the Word of God. In his farewell address, Washington said, you can't have national morality apart from religious principle, and it's true. Because right now we have nearly 150,000 kids carrying guns to these war zones we call public schools. In the 40s and 50s, student problems were chewing gum and talking. In the 90s, rape and murder are the trend. The only way this nation can even hope to last this decade is put God in America again. The only hope for America is Jesus, the only 
Every day a new holocaust of 5,000 unborn die, while pornography floods our streets like open sewers. America's dead and dying hand is on the threshold of the church, while the spirit of Sodom and Gomorrah vex us all. When it gets to the point where people would rather come out of the closet than clean it, it's the sign that judgment of God is going to fall. If there's ever been a time to rise up church, it's now. And as the blood-bought saints of the living God proclaim, that it's time to sound the alarm from the church house to the White House and say, we want God in America again. I believe it's time, America, to stand up and proclaim that one nation under God is our demand and send this evil lifestyle back to Satan where it came from and let the word of God revive our dying land. Jesus Christ is coming back again in all his glory and every eye shall see him on that day. That's why a new anointing of God's power is coming on us to boldly tell the world you must be saved because astrology won't save you. Your horoscope won't save you. The Bible says these things are all farce. If you're born again, you don't need to look to the stars for your answers because you can look to the very one who made those stars. History tells us time and time again to live like there's no God makes you a fool. If you want to see kids live right, stop handing out condoms and start handing out the word of God in schools. The only hope for America is Jesus. The only hope for our country is Him.
We're going to pause it real quick. Lord, you are King of kings and Lord of lords, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. 
King, our Father, Lord, you are worthy and worthy to be praised. Lord, we ask for a healing over our nation and the people in that nation from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet. We ask for a covering all around about, to from concerning us, subconscious homes and subliminal areas all coming from around us. Lord, we ask that you would just protect those on the front line, those warriors on the front line. You are worthy and worthy to be praised. Come on, let's give him the praise this morning. Jesus, those walls are going to come tumbling down because he made them. The, the hills will fall, the mountains will fall, and the, the valleys will raise. <laughs> I had to look over at Pastor Stan there for a second. I was like, come on, help me out here. <laughs> because he holds the key. He is worthy. He made those stars in the sky. So when he wants those walls come tumbling down, he uses vessels like you and I to be those warriors, to step out and take that control back and take our land back. Amen. So let's, let's praise his name. This is a powerful song. This is a prophetic song. Those walls are going to come tumbling down and that Jesus will be in our nation again. Hallelujah. Lord, you are worthy. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on. Those walls are going to come tumbling down. Jesus. Ooh, I was stacking up the years I spent trading punches with the enemy. Ooh, build myself a double thick stone tower of lies higher than the eye could see. Trapped in my flesh and bone, crying out to you, Lord, I'm desperate. Love rattled this cage and set me free. Cause all of my fears, like Jericho walls, gotta come down, come down. All of my fears, like Jericho walls, gotta come down, come down, come down. My prison turns to ruin when your love moves in. All of my fears, like Jericho walls, gotta come down, come down, come down. Was scratching through the pride and the blame, cutting straight into the heart of me. Ooh, long before I ever called your name, you were fighting for my victory. Carved in your flesh and bone, the wounds that have set my soul's forgiveness. Now I can feel the darkness trembling, cause all of my fears, like Jericho walls, gotta come down. Come down, all of my fears like Jericho walls gotta come down, come down, yes. My prison turns to ruin when your love moves in. All of my fears like Jericho walls gotta come down, come down, come down. Rebuild me from the ground up And all I want to see is you Terrify my life with truth Cause all my 
gotta come down, come down. Cause my prison turns to ruin when your love moves in all of my fears. Like Jericho walls, gotta come down, come down, come down. Yes, they gotta come down. All of my fears gotta come down. Hallelujah. Come on, grace in his name, sing it, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. You are worthy, and we're going to shout it from the rooftops, his mighty name, singing, Jesus. Our fear has no hold on us. Amen. Amen. Let's go ahead and stop it right here. I don't know what's going on, but we're having a little bit of an issue back there. <laughs> but that's okay, because who knows it's not about the song. Amen. I should see every single hand in here raised. Who knows it's not about the song? Who knows it's not about the words? Who knows it's not about our hands being raised? It matters about your heart and your heart's intent. And if you came to church just to praise and worship people online, sorry, that's not a relationship with the Lord. You have your praise and worship at home. This is the time to come and shout from the rooftops just with your fellow brothers and sisters and loved ones. And that's what we're going to do today. Amen. So since we're having issues back there, we're going to sing a song. And let's start with I Love You, Lord, because that is one of my favorite songs because that's truly what it comes down to is Jesus. Lord, I love you so much. Amen. Here are our hearts. Here are cries from our hearts. Hallelujah. Lord, you deserve all the glory. Amen. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. And I know I say that all the time, but it's true. Hallelujah. Each and every day we step down from our beds. We praise your mighty name that we are alive and breathing and we can fight the good fight of faith. Hallelujah. One more day. Each and every single day, we praise your mighty name. Hallelujah. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to
lift your voices. He is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy. Yes, you are, Lord. He is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy. Praise the Lord. Um, <clears throat> for those of you who did not watch the 930 service, please go back and watch that. Uh, for those of you that missed it here for the teaching, then please go back and watch it online. I'm going to continue to talk next Sunday, at least at the 930 service, maybe the 1030 service too, to, to finish the talk. But I'm talking on uh, portals, the open heavens, uh, things like that, the mysticism that's in the church, because I don't want you to be led astray. I don't want you to find yourself being in a trap thinking it's the Lord when it's not the Lord at all. And I want you to have a voice. I want you to be as convicted as I am to bring the truth, to speak the truth, and set the people free, because that's what we're supposed to do. Again, I come with a sorrowful heart. I come humbly before the Lord this morning. This topic makes me very sorrowful, makes me um, very angry sometimes, makes me cry, because I see what leaders are doing to the church. I see what leaders are doing to the body of Christ, not just here in America, but across the globe. And their names that people are following because they're coming with lying signs and wonders. I don't want you to be caught up in a lying sign and wonder. You know, the Lord's coming for, for a group of people that are going to praise Him, worship Him, love Him, that's going to say, You're my God, and you whom do I trust? And not about man, it's not about worshiping another God, it's not bowing to another God. But they are teaching people about how to bow to other gods and to receive other gods, and all the while thinking they're receiving Jesus. People are being taught a false Jesus. People are being taught a lie about Jesus. The church is teaching them. The leadership is teaching them. So I'm commanding in the name of Jesus, all you leaders that are doing that, all you church leaders that are speaking the lies, Hypocrisy about Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, the true God. I command you in the name of Jesus to sit down and shut your mouths. In the name of Jesus. We're not received the lie anymore. We're going to go back to where the gospel is the truth. The word of God is the truth. Not the lying signs and wonders, not the mysticism, not the astral projecting, not the open portals, not getting to a portal, going to heaven, pulling down what you want it to be, not thinking that Jesus is the pie in the sky is going to give you whatever you want. That's not our God. It's not our God. We love him no matter what is going on in our lives. No matter what in Jesus' name. He's our God. He's our Savior. He's the one that came and died on the cross for us. Saved us from our sins. Saved us from our wicked ways. We'll spend eternity with Him. There's a time that we'll go to be with Him. But those that are watching this, that are alive, it's not that time. 
I mean, there's such lies, and I'll speak about this next Sunday, there's such lies out there that even they'll say that you can go to heaven if you don't know how to fly yet, why, they're going to teach you how to fly. They have an instructor. His name is Superman, Christopher Reeves. You see, Christopher Reeves made his way to heaven. You think I'm lying? That's what they're teaching. And people are like, whoa, oh, that's so awesome. Doesn't that make your heart hurt? Seriously, make should make your heart hurt for the lies that are going out there being spoken to Christians around the globe. And people are following them. Millions are following them. While I'm a small voice, but I have a big voice in the name of Jesus. And I just, in the name of Jesus, that this will go huge. These, and it'll speak the, the truth with these lies from, the, it'll expose the lies of the enemy out there. And these false teachers and prophets and teachers and liars of pastors behind the pulpit. It's time to put a stop to it. And I will do my part. I just ask you to do your part. So again, I come with a sorrowful heart that I bring this message. And a lot of it even has to do, it's also entwined with even the prosperity gospel. They're putting money in their pockets because they're bringing something that's going to fill your flesh and make your flesh feel good. Psalms 34, 11 through 16. Come, you children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. The Lord wants you to have fear of him, the reverent fear of him. You better have the reverent fear of him. And what I'm seeing out there, behind the pulpits out there, the lies out there, they don't have a reverent fear of God. They can't. They cannot and speak the things that they speak. <coughs> what is man he that desireth life and loveth many days that he may see good? <coughs> Sorry. I have a little tickle in my throat. Thirty-four, thirteen. Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. That's where you want to be. You want the Lord to have his eyes upon you. You want to have his ears open to your cry. You want to spend time with him. You want to know him, know his word, memorize his word. He's the one that's going to give you eternity with him, not the lies from the enemy. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. And I'm not just talking about the devils out there. I'm not just talking about Satan worships out there. I'm talking about the body of Christ out there that are doing evil, speaking evil. Verse 17, the righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that have a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of all, him out of all. He keepeth all his bones, and not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. And the Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. You know, we have a lot of things going on in the world right now. So much so that there's such evil that, that we just don't even understand 
We can't comprehend the evil that is out there. How could anybody even have those kinds of thoughts that are out there? How could they even do such a wicked and vile thing? And now I ask the body of Christ, how can you have church leaders that are doing such a wicked thing? How can you? How can you have be preaching a perverted gospel, teaching them and training them and speaking their lies about Jesus? How can you? They're evil and they're wicked, and sometimes I think they're more wicked because as Christians, they're trying to follow Jesus, and they're following a lie. They're following a false god. They're following a fallen angel. They're following the devil. Woe unto them that teach a perverted gospel. Woe unto them. It will not be a good day for them that led all these astray. And I'll not find myself being one of them. And I'll speak the truth even if they take this off. I'll speak it because I know it's going to go forth. I know it will. God wants us to have a heavy, saddened heart for the Christians out there. He wants you to be burdened with this. He wants you to have your intercessory times praying for the truth to be revealed. Now, I believe that many of these these, uh, leaders, these Christian leaders, pastors, behind the pulpits, on YouTube, around the world, I'm going to believe that they had a moment with the Lord. I'm going to believe that they had a time of of transformation, accepting Jesus as their Lord and Savior. I'm going to believe that their hearts were right at one time. And then the enemy comes in and gives them a perverted gospel because it's money in their pocket. The people come in because they can feel good in their flesh tickle their ears, start seeing things that they believe is God, all while they're teaching the people to see the lying signs and wonders, the feathers, the gold dust, the feel-good moments, while we'll worship them. We'll worship the feathers. We'll worship the gold dust. We'll worship the diamonds and the gems coming down. We'll worship them. We don't need Jesus anymore. Ha! Make your heart sadden. Sad because of what our world has become. The Christian world has become. Releasing the Kundalini. Releasing the Shekinah. Releasing all these false gods, the false angels out there. Worshiping angels, not Jesus. They're calling angels, 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 angels. Yeah. You stay with me next week, you'll see this. You'll see it for yourself. You'll see them doing it. You'll see them on video. They'll condemn themselves. It's not just what Leslie's saying. I'll show you. Don't listen to these false prophets anymore. I told Stan the other day or someone the other day, I said, you know what? I'm so tired of all these voices out there. And I hear, I hear from them because, you know, Stan gets, gets videos sent to him all the time. I'm not... You know, tone deaf, I hear it. And I'm so sick of it. And they might have a little bit of truth with a whole lot of lie. And people will follow them. Lots of subscribers. Pink hair and all. No. 
They think that somebody's going to have a dream every day, a vision every day. That's not God. That's not how he works. Calling themselves prophets. And they'll conjure up something. They're good writers. They're good speakers. Saying things that are going to tickle your ears. Speaking things that are going to come up on America just so that you'll tune in. And you're going to believe the lie. You're going to believe the lie. Because they're calling themselves a prophet of God. Or they put a shawl on their head. Oh, they must be really close to the Lord. Because they do that. In my prayer time, I heard an audible voice. And they said, blah, 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 blah. And I'm, I'm like, Stan, the only thing, the only thing that a true prophet of God needs to be telling people is to repent. That's the only word they need to say. They don't need to tickle the ears of everyone. They don't need to put the fear of whatever in them. They don't need to say, this is coming, this is coming, this is coming. They just need to say, repent. We as Christians, am I scaring her? Hmm. (laughs) Okay, thank you. That was Grandpa saying, bring it. Scaring the little two-year-old back there. Sorry. (laughs) Praise God. She's going to be up here preaching like that too. I saw. That's that's how you're supposed to do it, right? But that's what I'm saying. Repent. Turn from your wicked ways. Turn from the lies. Serve the Lord thy God. Believe in him so that no man shall perish. That's the word of the Lord. That's the word of the Lord for America. But no, they're going to teach all these, speak all these lies. You know the part that bothers me too? Is they're speaking presumptuously. Guess what happens when these prophets of God speak presumptuously? A curse comes back. Not just to them. Guess what? Those that believe it. Ah, you could have said anything, Leslie. I just thought it was them. No. You know what? It stops. This is the part that really bothers me. Stan will know I'm not quick to speak. The Lord said. You know that about me. I have too much fear of the Lord to say that. And there's probably times I should say things and I don't. Because I'm like, is that you got? Is that you got? Who's that you got? i got to make sure it's really, 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 really you. And so what happens is they speak presumptuously or they make up stuff so that it sounds good or it's what people want to hear, even if it's damnation about America, even if it's horrible lies about America. And guess what? It ends up stopping what God really wants to do. Should I say this, Lord, really? All the mm, speak it, and I don't know if, you're, if people are gonna like it. Even all that we have, mm, we even have all these so many words. People say they're prophets. Even saying, you know, about Trump, Trump this, Trump that, Trump's back, he's here. But mm, mm, mm. we have so many lies that have been spoken, that I believe that so much of it has stopped what God's really wanting to do. It has stopped the blessing. It should have been here a long time ago. But because of the lies, 
Mm. Stops it. You better believe me. You better change the way you're praying. Anyway, I come with a heavy heart. I come with a heavy heart to deliver this message. Zephaniah 3.18 says, I will gather them that are sorrowful for the solemn assembly. Who are thee to whom the reproach of it was a burden? Let it be your burden to carry the truth. God said, I'm calling a solemn assembly. Do you want to be part of that solemn assembly? Do you want to be part of that solemn assembly? Those of you online, do you want to be a part of that solemn assembly? Say, Lord, I'm sorrowful, but I'm going to join those. I'm going to be a part of a solemn assembly because there's a reproach, reproach on the body of Christ. Are you going to carry the reproach? Are you going to have the reproof come? Are you going to do the correction? Again, I'm a small voice. I'm one small woman, but I have a big voice, and I will, in the name of Jesus, have a big audience. Because Jesus will make you want to be free. God says there's going to be a reproach, a reproof. Which side are you going to be on? Hmm. A church took down the cross. This is on the new, This was um, found on our website. They took down the church the cross because they decided that they would teach that we are the cross. Took down the cross. We don't need the cross anymore because we're the cross. I'm God. You know? Yeah. Another says, I don't need to preach Jesus today. The Shekinah is here. Another worshiping and calling on angels, not the Holy Spirit, not the Lord. The angels are going to heal you. No, they're not. Jesus is the healer. Hallelujah. Another teaching that Jesus is a pie in the sky. Just ask whatever you want. You can have it. Just, you know, just ask your project up there into the throne room. Pull it down. Pull that heart down that you need a replacement of. Just get that new limb that you may need. Why, you you know, if you want to just go up there and just go see your loved one and just fellowship for a little bit and hang out with them for a little bit or go see your pet that's up there that's sitting on your bed in the mansion. They say this, Stan. They say this. Common sense, people. I'm going to teach about this a little bit because I believe... Many of these are in the, the NAR, which is the New Affirmation, no, New, New Apostolic Reformation, or Dominionism, or the Seven Mountain Theology. They're thinking they're so wonderful. They think that Christians are so wonderful that nothing's going to happen to us. Is that what the Word of God says, Dan? No. We're like, we're like, we're so perfect, and so it's going to be because of us. That we take over these, the seven mountain theology, you know, politics, church, uh, businesses. And then when we open all these portals all over the place, and when we can astral project to the heavens, when we can have all the, we've taken over all everything, and then it's because of us that Jesus returns and operates and takes over the earth. Because you're so righteous, you're so holy, you're so wonderful, Christian. Why, all of Hollywood's going to be saved. Lie. Have you seen that happen? Have you seen them taking over the movies, theaters? Have you seen Christians do that? How's it working for them? And then they put the blame on you that's sitting out there in the pews. You're not doing enough. 
all while putting money in the pockets. Some have mystical beliefs in portal travel, going to the throne room of heaven to get whatever they want. They choose to believe that Christians must set the stage for Jesus' second coming by achieving dominion over the world systems. You know, yeah, we're coming to one world system. And, you know, while there's going to be benefits, it's all for Satan's kingdom. It's all for him. Believe that Jesus will only return if we as Christians take over the sand mandates because we're so wonderful. This is new age teaching that looks for cosmic spiritual shift because we will help Jesus because all seven mandates will be taken over, controlled by Christians. Have you ever, have you been hearing about the spiritual shift? Have you been hearing about that? Yeah. You've been hearing about the great awakening, right? All those are new age terms, people. All about, they're, they're going to have this great revival when they've opened portals all over the place. Stay away from my home. I don't want you to open any old portal over my home. It's a little scary. Yeah, we went to this place, opened this portal. We went to this place, opened this portal. Pretty soon we're going to have a great big portal open. And then, therefore, we're going to be able to have Jesus return. We're going to pull him down because it's all about us, not about him. They're going to have a cosmic Jesus. All part of the deception. The lying signs and wonders and deception. The great deception that's coming. And it's Christians. There's not much spoken about the salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ with this movement. And the movement is by false prophets and apostles. Now, all this sounds great, all right? Here's the seven mountains according to the seven mountain mandate. They're going to take over education, take over religion, take over family, take over business, take over government, take over the arts and entertainment and the media. And when all that's done, then because we're so perfect and so righteous and so holy and so wonderful because we're Christians, we love the, their worshiping the cosmic Christ, then we can have Jesus return. We'll just tell him to come on back down now. Well, we've done it for you, Lord. How's it working? It's not turning the movie industry around. It's not turning big corporate business around. It's not turning music industry around. Christian leaders could not do it, so now it's focused on their congregation to do it for them. And the Bible never teaches us to go after a culture or worldly establishments to claim for Christ, does it? In 1 John 2.15, it says, Love not the world, folks. Duh! Neither the things that are in the world, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Duh! Wow! False prophet is not around anymore, did he? He said, all Hollywood's going to be saved. All the Hollywood, you know, the industry, all the... Because he was part of them. Might have started off okay. But then he had to follow what they wanted him to say. He also said that, that Cuba, all of Cuba, and this would be before, his, for, before this man died. Well, he's gone now. Didn't happen. But Cuba, Castro, and his brother were going to be saved, and the whole nation was going to be saved. How's that working? I hear some. 
What happens is they want comp- they're having compromise. It's going to happen. So we're not supposed to seek after vainglory. We have to ascribe to vanity. Have to ascribe to the secret societies if you go to these mandates. That's what they'll have to do. If they're going to take over the corporate world, they're going to have to ascribe and start doing what the secret societies want them to do. Is that truth? Tell me. Do you believe that? Am I speaking truth here? They're also prideful. They're ascribing to vanity and their own glory. But in Romans 14, 17, it says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Do I need to repeat that? Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. There's so much blasphemy coming from those black, backslidden, money-hungry, prosperity-preaching, ungodly pastors. Now that's the truth. And that's from, if you want to say a word from a prophet, you don't have to. You don't have to say it at all. I'm just saying it's very prophetic. That's what's happened. You know, God's going to root up many of these pastors and leaders, church leaders, that are doing these things because they're not repenting. That's what's going to happen. They're going to reveal the horribleness of their life. Gonna be re- it's already happening, right? But right now, they're still trying to put money in their pocket. Now, what they're doing, they're just adding our God to their false gods. They're just combining it all together in one big pot, right? In 1 John 4, 4, it says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They, they are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God, he that knoweth God heareth us, he that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Do you know the spirit of error? Because I believe we can be caught up too. We can be caught up in the great deception. There will be few of us that won't be caught up believing the great deception. While they're going to open this humongous portal, they're going to believe the lie that's coming in the heavenlies that looks like Jesus, but it's a cosmic Christ, and they're going to follow him. Hmm. You don't think that these are real? It's conjuring. It's, it's an abomination. It's spiritism, sorcery, wizardry, all those things. That God says, do not go there. Stay away. You don't need to find out about your future by reading your astrology. You don't need to do that. I don't want you to do that. Because it's an abomination unto me. Don't go time travel. Don't go to portals. Right? Don't go do these kinds of things. They're not pleasing to me. As a matter of fact, it's an abomination unto me. How much do you want to please the Lord? Is he your God? Do you want to please him? I want to please him. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord praise in here. Hallelujah. (laughs) Grieve now while we have time. Grieve now. 
Are we going to have sorrow and grieve over the church that is in so much error and leading many to damnation? It's not just about our little group here. It's not about our just little home here. It's for the body of Christ out there that are being led astray. How is your intercessory prayer going to change now? I pray it changes tonight. Are we going to sit and do nothing, say nothing, turn our heads to what is happening? Because there's false teachers, false pastors, false prophets, false apostles that are destroying the truth of being born again and repenting and accepting Jesus, the true Jesus, as their Lord and Savior. Watch this with me. It's probably about eight minutes long, but this man didn't give up. I don't know the man's name, can't remember it now, that leads this, this child, this kid, to the Lord. But he could tell the kid was been listening to some lies, false doctrines, false gospel, and believing, oh, I'm just in the presence of the Lord. Let's watch. So, Mario, are you spiritual? Yes. What do you mean by that? The way I grew up, my heart was in my neighborhood, but my love, I've always been loyal to love. I've always known that. But it deceived me. I confused the two. If you confuse the two, it lets you down. And if it, you have to pick yourself up, yourself up. You can't let anybody else pick yourself up. Is that why you mean by spiritual? Self-improvement? Yes. Talking about God. Self-improvement. That's what I believe in. I believe in all religions have a universal meaning. I believe in the power of the universe. I believe that we're all just human and we're all here to spread love. And that's all I got to do. <laughs> so, do you think God created everything? Do you think evolution created everything? can never know, ever. <laughs> oh, you may not be able to ever know, I know. You can know within. You hear that, Mario? I know, you don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't say we can never know. That's limiting your knowledge. Um, do you ever think about how amazing life is? I mean, look at the blueness of the sky and the sun. Do you ever think about the sun, how incredible it is? How incredible it is? It's 93 million miles away, and it's just warm enough to ripen your tomatoes. Any closer, we're all dead. Further away, we're all dead. You ever think about how amazing that is? I do. So how did it get there? I had to learn it myself. I had to go within. And nobody can teach it for you. You have to go within. And you can unlock the secrets to the universe if your loyalty lies in the love for yourself. That's it. You love yourself? I do. You love God? I love God. But in my mind, God is the entire universe. So well, that's, the entire... that's called pantheism. The difference between the painter and the painting. You don't love the painting, you love the painter because he's the genius that created the painting. And so if you love creation, you're setting your affection on the creation rather than the creator, and that's called an ordinate affection. It's a wrong order of affections. If your mum gave you a gift and you love the gift more than you love your mother, there's something wrong. You should be saying, hey mum, thanks for this car. I'm grateful to you, not to the car. Grateful to you for the gift. Make sense? I personally know who I am and why I'm here. I found my purpose from within. I know that to be true. I've never lost that in my entire life. I've been the same person. You need love. You can't be a man without love. You have to separate yourself from love in order to find that for yourself. 
nobody else can do it for you, that's the point. Do you trust yourself? I do. How many... Let me ask you a question. Spell the word shop. S-H-O-P. What do you do when you come to a green light? G-O. Good work. <laughs> Spell the word silk. S-I-L-K. What do cows drink? M-I-L-K. No, they drink water. <laughs> so never trust yourself, because we are, we are easily deceived. The Bible says, he who trusts his own heart is a fool. A lot of people are dead because they trusted their own heart. They made judgments. I can beat that truck and overtake this car, and they couldn't. Wrong judgment. Let me ask you another question. You said your concept of God is that he is the universe. Yeah. Do you think God is happy with you or angry at you? Depending on what you do, God will love you for it either way. <laughs> That's what I believe in. So how are you doing morally? As you, long as you stay true to yourself, God will love you. It doesn't matter what you do, as long as you know in your heart you're doing it for the right reason, love. You have nothing to worry about in this world whatsoever. It's called faith. Let's see how you're doing. Do you think you're a good person? Yes. How many lies have you told in your life? I've lost count. Okay, what well, do you call someone who's told lies? A liar. So you've blown that one. Have you ever stolen something, even if, you're, even if it's small? Yeah. What do you call someone who steals? A liar. <laughs> a thief. If you deny that you lie, steal, cheat, and deceit, you become those things. And that's what you have to understand as a human, is that you can't lose yourself in yourself, because that's the double-edged sword of love. It's out there. You just got to find it for yourself in order to truly know what it is. And I just want to push that to everybody. <laughs> that's okay, Murray, you were saying that you found yourself. What are mankind's origins? Where do we come from? Women. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, originally, I don't mean from your mother. I mean, where did, what's, what's the origin of humanity? Authenticity and love. No, the origin, where did we come from? What was in the beginning? Man and woman. <laughs> yeah, but for man and woman. Who created man and woman? A higher power. Uh, who was that? God. <laughs> okay. Why do we exist as human beings? To love. Okay, and where are you, where are you going when you die? Whatever you did here, it depends. <laughs> okay, that's true. Now, third commandment, you should not take God's name in vain. Have you ever used God's name in vain? Okay, would you use your mother's name as a cuss word? Never. Never, because you honor her, but you haven't loved and honored God. You've used his name as a filth word to express disgust, which is called blasphemy. So serious, it's punishable by death in the Old Testament. Appreciate your honesty. And your, uh, and your patience with me. Now, Jesus said, if you look at a woman and lust for her, you commit adultery with her in your heart. Have you ever looked at a woman with lust? Yes, I'm a man. <laughs> Have you had sex before marriage? Yes, I'm a man. So, Murray, I'm not judging you. You judge yourself. But you've told me you're a lying, thieving, blasphemous, fornicating, adulterer at heart, and you have to face God on Judgment Day. If he judges you by the Ten Commandments of looked at four, you're going to be innocent or guilty? Guilty. Heaven or hell? Hell. Now, does that concern you? Deep down, yeah. And it horrifies me. We've just met. I love you. I care about you. The thought of you going to hell just breaks my heart. Do you know what death actually is? According to the Bible? Ultimate enlightenment. Well, no, it's wages. It says the wages of sin is death. God's given you death as wages for your sin. He's paying you in death. He's given you...
This kid goes on to accept the Lord as a Savior. He repents from his wicked ways. He starts crying. Um, sorry that the video stopped early. I can't move it. It won't let me move here. Capital punishment, like a judge, looks at a heinous criminal who's raped three girls and then murdered them. He says, you've earned the death sentence. This is your wages. This is what's due to you. And sin is so serious to God, Mario, that he's given you capital punishment. Lying, thieving, blasphemous, fornicating, adulterer at heart. Now tell me, what did God do for guilty sinners so we wouldn't have to go to hell? Do you remember? <clears throat> he came up with the idea that depending on what you do here, you're either good or bad, and that's it. You just got to stick to that and have the faith in that. And then no, that's not what he did. Jesus suffered and died on the cross for the sin of the world. The Ten Commandments are called the moral law. You and I broke the law. Jesus paid the fine. That's what happened on that cross. Mario, if you're in court and someone pays your fine, a judge can let you go. Did you know that? You can say, Mario, there's a stack of speeding fines here. This is deadly serious. But someone's paid him. You're free to go. And he can do that which is legal and right and just. And God loves you so much, he became a human being, suffered and died on the cross to take the punishment for the sin of the world. That means you don't have to end up in hell. God can legally forgive your sins because he's the lover of your soul. And then Jesus rose from the dead and defeated death. Mario, if you give up the battle and just say, God, I'm a rebel, and you repent and trust in Christ, God will forgive every sin you've ever committed and grant you everlasting life as a free gift. Do you believe what I'm saying? Yes. It's the gospel truth. I wouldn't lie to you. Are you ready to repent and trust in Christ? Yes. Can I pray with you? <laughs> sure. Father, I pray for Mario. Thank you we met today. Thank you we met today. I pray today he'll truly repent and trust in Jesus and have his sins forgiven in a second and pass from death to life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Do you have a Bible at home? No. I'm, I'm going to give you some literature. Now, do you know why you're, you're weeping? Any idea? Because I've sinned as a man. That's called contrition, and the Bible says godly sorrow, being sorry for your sins, works repentance. So I trust today that God's brought conviction of sin to you and that you know you've sinned against God, and you'll understand that God can forgive you and grant you everlasting life as a free gift. I've got some literature for you, okay? Mario, thank you for talking to me. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you interviewing me. I do. Give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. <laughs> It's my heart every time. You know, how many of you heard as Christians speaking to another Christian, why, the universe did this today? Why, you know, why, I'll just ask the universe about that. That's our, those are new age terms, and all the while you're thinking, don't you go to such and such church? You ever thought that when you hear them? How many others have heard that people say that other than me? Yeah. Well, I'm just going to look to the universe for that answer. I thought you were a Christian. Well, I am, but I'm just going to look to the universe for that. And this is what this young man was believing this is what he's been taught. This is where he was feeling all this wonderful, just fleshly love and acceptance. And it was a lie from the devil. But praise God, that man that was preaching to him, talking to him, loved him, didn't let go. Um, I would love to be able to talk to other people like that, like that man. Praise the Lord. That's his gifting. But this young man is going to be in the kingdom now. Praise the Lord. The question you have to ask yourself today, 
is, will you say, God, use me to do your work? Or are you just going to come and just sit in the pew and see what kind of entertainment that you can have today? Ask yourself, God, use me to do your work. God doesn't use angels to do his work. He wants you and I to do his work. Because there's people that are putting a lot of um, um, belief into angels. As if angels do everything. But God wants you and me. Are you going to weep and pray? Are you going to desire to do the, to, to do the pure word? To, to say the sure word to people? Many are hungry and they're being fed rotten fruit. They're being fed poison. Again in Joel 2.15 through 17, it says, Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly. And that's what I'm calling all of you here and all of you online. I'm calling a solemn assembly. Gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders. Gather the children and those that suck from the breast. Let the bridegroom go forth of his chamber and the bride out of her closet. Let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar and let them say, Spare thy people! Spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thine inher- thy heritage to reproach, that the heathen should rule over them. And I'm talking Christianum. Rule over them that are full of reproach. That the heathen should rule over them, wherefore should they say among the people, where is their God? You know, we have a society of um, Christians out there that are not believing in the true Jesus. They don't know who Jesus is. And when things progress as they're going to here upon this earth, they're going to go, what happened? Where's that pie in the sky? What happened? Why can't I just have whatever I want? Why can't I just have everything paid for? What happened? What happened? What happened? It's time that we're not spiritually blinded anymore. Don't look for a feel-good message anymore. (laughs) Come here. Listen to me. It won't be feel-good probably. Toes stepped on, I pray. Don't look for a mesmerizing pie-in-the-sky answer anymore. Don't look for the lying signs and wonders anymore. And for goodness sakes, use your common sense. I agree. I want you to grieve. My heart's broken. I want your heart to be broken. My heart is hurt. I want your heart to hurt. My heart is angry for the unrighteousness and lies. I want your heart to be angry for the unrighteousness and the lies. If you're in any of these type of churches, you need to get out. I don't care if your spouse wants to stay. I don't care if your family member wants to stay. I don't care if your friends want to stay. If you're in these type of churches and you know it, you need to get out of it. You need to run out of it and not go back. Get balanced once again. So what does a biblical church look like? Let's see. So one uses the Bible, one Bible, not a conglomeration of interpretations. We prefer the King James. Uh, the, the set up a church, not a 501c3 government corporation where they're subservient to the government and require to follow a list of limiting governmental rules and laymen hire and control the man of God. We recommend, we recommend the unincorporated church or corporation soul. Have an apostle or prophet as a founder, example like Paul and Samuel. Believe in and promote the fivefold leadership, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, and pastor, not the false prophet, not the false apostle, not the false teachers, not the false pastors, and not the false evangelists, though. Believe in and preach the nine fruits of the nine gifts of the Spirit, including speaking in tongues and healing. 
They conduct a weekly Sunday school for children and adults, as Paul taught the people. They have a Bible study where members can study and reason together. They have a weekly group praise and worship, preaching the Bible and moving of the spiritual gifts. As said in 1 Corinthians 14, 26, when you come together, every one of you have a psalm, have a doctrine, have a tongue, have a revelation, have an interpretation. They have training and equipping classes to continue to develop the members to a more excellent way. They accept an offering from cheerful givers, not require them from building hungry church boards. They have the ultimate objective of building the throne of Jesus and only the kingdom of Jesus. They take communion. They fellowship with one another. They have water baptism, which needs to be offered as part of their salvation experience. There's not a perfect church. There's not a perfect church. Spirit of Prophecy Church is not perfect because we're not perfect. And we know that. But the thing is that's different about the Spirit of Prophecy Church and its leadership is that when we find out that we have taught something incorrectly, we will come and say, we repent. We repent. We ask forgiveness. We went this way, told you this, but now we're going to say, uh, no, this is the direction to go. We will humble ourselves and tell you. I'm sure that Leslie has said things that I would like to take back. I'm sure you probably could find things on the Internet that's about Leslie. Or Stan. There's a lot of lies out there, too. And no, I've never left him. I'm not, I'm not sleeping around on him, which is some of those things, stupid things out there, right? It's like this, there's just lies out there. But I'm sure, you know, I'm, I'm sure because I'm not perfect. But my heart is I want to have truth. And my heart is I want to hear the Lord and speak the truth. And I don't just speak, the Lord said this, and the Lord said that, and the Lord says this, and the Lord says that. I, think, I heard the Lord, I heard the Lord, I heard the Lord, and I heard the Lord says for me to buy Bitcoin, so I did, and now everything's falling apart. I must have not heard God. I said, you didn't hear God. Quit saying, the Lord said, the Lord said, the Lord said, the Lord said. We're in a society, so much with charismatics out there, that they, could just, they just think that's the way to do it. The Lord told me to tell you. No, he didn't shut up and sit down. Unfortunately, I have said that before. I told you I'm not perfect. <laughs> but the truth is that we get so much to just, we, you know, we use the Lord's God's name in vain. That's using the Lord's God's name in vain. That doesn't mean you just use it as a cuss word. You just use his name just to, do, get, to manipulate people to get what you want. I did. I had this. You don't even know this. No, I'm not going to go there. There is not a perfect church. However, you want to leave, stay away from, and avoid churches where it's obviously heresy, not believing the truth. And guess what? Your name can be blotted out of the book of life. Psalm 69.20 says, says, Add iniquity, which is immorality, unto their iniquity, and let them not come unto thy righteousness. Let them be blotted out of the book of the living, and not be written with the righteous. Revelation 3, 5 says, He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. David believed that a name could be blotted out. And Psalms 109, 13 says, and 14 says, let his, let his posterity, which is his future, to be cut off, and in the generation following, let their name be blotted out. Let the iniquity of his fathers be remembered with the Lord, and let not the sin of his mother be blotted out. See, we can make a choice. We can follow another God. We can choose to say, no, Jesus is not my Lord and Savior, the true Jesus. And it can be blotted out of the book of life. We can take our name out. Scary. 
But now's the time. Now's your opportunity to accept Jesus, the true Jesus, the living God. Ask him into your heart. Have him be your savior. In Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us are sinners. It's time now to repent. It's time now, church, to repent. It's time now, church leaders, to repent. Come back to the living God, the true God. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. We can't do it. We can't become a God. We can't do it from ourselves. Just like that young man, he can't do it for himself. He can't just say, I love the world. I'll just ask the universe. Well, yeah, I'm a man. Yeah, I'm a man. Yeah, I'm a man. God says it's by grace you're saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. In Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. In Acts 2, 38 says, Then Peter said unto him, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So pray with me. Repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I admit that I'm a sinner. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, who died on the cross, arose three days later, and sits at the right hand of the Father. I accept his blood to wash away my sins. Write my name in the book of life. Keep me holy. And save me in the day of trouble. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd like to become a ministry member with us, to be part of the Spirit of Prophecy Church, we'd love to have you fill out this form. Get it to us. Those of you here at the church, you can fill out one. Also, share this with all your friends. Click on like and share and subscribe. If you'd like to donate, you can click on the link below. What I'd like to do now is, um, also, if you have any comments or if you, more importantly, if you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you repented today, then contact us at spiritprophecychurch.com. God bless you. I'll see you next week. But before we close, if you'll stand with me, I want to do the song by Carmen. God bless America again. Amen. George the flags Washington. are for you to take Thomas home, Jefferson. by the way. Samuel Adams, First Chief Justice John Jay. Names synonymous with the spirit of our country. Founding fathers of the USA. Over 200 years ago, they shook off the chains of tyranny from Great Britain by divine call. Citing 27 biblical violations, they wrote the Declaration of Independence with liberty and justice for all. But something happened since Jefferson called the Bible the cornerstone for American liberty, then put it in our schools as a light. Or since give me liberty or give me death, Patrick Henry said, our country was founded on the gospel of Jesus Christ. We eliminated God from the equation of American life, thus eliminating the reason this nation first began. From beyond the grave, I hear the voices of our founding fathers plead. You need God in America again.
Of the 55 men who formed the Constitution, 52 were active members of their church. Founding fathers like Noah Webster, who wrote the first dictionary, could literally quote the Bible chapter and verse. James Madison said, we've staked our future and our ability to follow the Ten Commandments with all our heart. These men believed you couldn't even call yourself an American if you subvert the Word of God. In his farewell address, Washington said, you can't have national morality apart from religious principle, and it's true. Because right now we have nearly 150,000 kids carrying guns to these war zones we call public schools. In the 40s and 50s, student problems were chewing gum and talking. In the 90s, rape and murder are the trend. The only way this nation can even hope to last this decade is put God in America again. The only hope for America is Jesus. The only hope for our country is Him. If we repent of our said the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. So when you eliminate the word of God from the classroom and politics, you eliminate the nation that word protects. America is now number one in teen pregnancy and violent crime, number one in illiteracy, drug use, and divorce. Every day a new holocaust of 5,000 unborn die, while pornography floods our streets like open sewers. America's dead and dying hand is on the threshold of the church, while the spirit of Sodom and Gomorrah vexes us all. When it gets to the point where people would rather come out of the closet than clean it, it's the sign that judgment of God is going to fall. If there's ever been a time to rise up church, it's now. And as the blood-bought saints of the living God proclaim, that it's time to sound the alarm from the church house to the White House and say, we want God in America again. stand up and proclaim that one nation under God is our demand and send this evil lifestyle back to Satan where it came from and let the word of God revive our dying land for Jesus Christ is coming back again in all his glory and every eye shall see him on that day that's why a new anointing of God's power is coming on us to boldly tell the world you must be saved because astrology won't save you your horoscope won't save you the Bible says these things are all farce if you're born again you don't need to look to the stars for your answers because you can look to the very one who made those stars history tells us time and time again to live like there's no God makes you a fool if you want to see kids live right stop handing out condoms and start handing out the Word of God in schools
praise. We need you, Jesus. We need the true Jesus. Amen. that you have raised up to be our home. This is the celebration time of the 4th of July, our Independence Day, and we give you thanks for it. We know it was your hand that did it. We ask now that you would continue to be the lamp into our feet, light into our path, the voice behind us, the voice in our hearts speaking to us, guiding us, saying this is the way, walk ye in it. Lord, we ask you to help us to continue this turnaround back to you, along with removing the scourge of Roe v. Wade, giving the pastor the victory to pray upon the school ground. Lord, give us more victories. We ask that you turn our nation back to you in your righteousness, that you would hear from heaven, forgive our sins, and heal our land. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless all of you. Give the Lord praise. See you next week, 9.30.